All right. Welcome, everyone, to today's exciting episode of the LeedsCon podcast. I'm Ian McRae. I head up content here at LeedsCon. Uh, with October's Consent Summit behind us, uh, the team is busy preparing uh, for an amazing, exciting experience uh, for all of you uh, with LeedsCon 2023, which takes place at the MGM Grand uh, in Las Vegas. That's March 13th through the 15th. Uh, we already have some terrific speakers lined up uh, from Truist and Twitter, Empire Today, and Google, uh, amongst many others. If you haven't registered yet, please take some time this week uh, to make your plans. You'll not want to miss this year's program. Uh, but today, we're thrilled to be joined by two of the speakers from the upcoming 2023 program. Christopher Anderson is the Director of Marketing Strategy for Manhattan Motorcars. Uh, Chris is a progressive automotive marketing services consultant with 35 years experience in innovating and managing marketing services for individual dealerships and dealer groups. And so the scope of his expertise and services range from owning and operating a $50 million full service ad agency to complementing internal marketing teams with program vetting, development, execution, and reporting. And joining Chris is Alex Mellon. Alex is an award-winning entrepreneur he is the co-founder of advertising agency Smart Sites. Smart Sites now manages over $100 million a year in advertising spend and has six offices, over 300 employees worldwide. Smart Sites has been featured in the Inc. 5000 for six consecutive years as one of the fastest growing digital agencies. Uh, Alex and Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be having us. All right, terrific. We have uh, quite a bit of ground to cover, so we're going to jump right to it. Uh, you, you're both uh, uh, have uh, deep experience from within the automotive vertical. Uh, let's start there. I mean, the automotive industry uh, is at a really interesting moment in time. Uh, for the time being, uh, demand is still outpacing supply due to a variety of factors. Uh, everybody can see that with the cost of auto, uh, uh, a new or used uh, uh, car right now. Uh, but how does this, if at all, impact how dealerships are approaching their marketing strategies right now. Uh, Alex, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. So I think the 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 obvious um, observation is that spending and therefore lead generating is is less. Yeah. So they're they're kind of in a struggle between keeping um, the the business busy, keeping the sales process going keeping all the messaging on point because if the people in the store that are handling the leads are, you know, always worried about killing an hour and filling their day, then they're not going to be maybe as on point as they should be when the lead, the lead comes in. So yeah. it's a struggle for the, for the ownership and the management of the, of, you know, everybody in the dealer level right now um, to not spend when there's no business, but at the same time, keep, keep the, the, you know, the sales process, the lead management, the lead generation and the lead management process effective. The lead management requires a lot of, you know, minute by minute and hour by hour evaluation, especially when there's third party channels. And if you kind of let your guard down, um, whether it's true or not, the dealer at the dealer level is going to feel that they're, they're maybe getting not a good deal or they're not getting, um, uh, the right type of customer, the, the right leads not being generated. 
they 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 feel like, well, I've got to do something, so let's reevaluate. And maybe they should just be re, you know, practicing and keeping everybody, you know, in line with where we need to be because the market does always change. In fact, since we talked about this, um, just this week, we're hearing and seeing data that used car prices are dropping. Um, there is inventory coming. And I've heard just in the last two weeks, um, <clears throat> dealerships going, oh my gosh, like we're, we're dead. Yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that, you know, in, in a year more um, since COVID really the beginning. So yeah. um, I'll let us, you know, take it, take it from there. Yeah, automotive is an interesting sector. Um, in in a lot of ways, it's very old school and not as performance marketing and leads focused as perhaps it should be. Right? Uh, there's a lot of dealerships that get by with very minimal marketing or don't don't have a, a concrete marketing strategy plans. It's all like I'll I'll I have a good location, the traffic will come in. Right? That kind of mentality. Um, so so it's uh, it's interesting to see things evolve as as uh, we head into now almost 2023. Um, I think digital obviously has become a lot more important, which has brought a bigger focus on uh, focusing on leads and marketing and strategy and data. Right? In in traditional advertising, data was always a lot more limited, like with billboards and print. Um, it was really not measurable and trackable in a way where there was people there to track it, right? Uh, with digital, there's entire industries and there's entire companies that I know that all they do is data analytics, right? They, they don't do the marketing, they just do the analytics. So um, I think it's interesting to see that I think automotive is entering uh, into the performance marketing world. I think uh, a lot of dealerships already have. Uh, they're entering more and more. Um, I think as they enter this space, they're, they're, they're beginning to see how important agility is, right? Uh, in automotive, if you go 10, 15, 20 years back, and Chris would know this better than me, but in a lot of times budgets were preset months in advance, right? This was our budget for the next six months. Um, in today's world, we know we can't do that. Um, like Chris was saying, in the last two weeks, the market went from one extreme to the other, right? There were too many people wanting cars, not enough cars. Then in the last two weeks, it's now turning into the opposite. A lot of brands are now over overstocked with cars, consumer sentiment is down, right? A lot of people are waiting it out. This is that kind of weird period now where people are waiting for end of year sales. So all of a sudden in October, where things are flipping around. And um, if, if you're not quick enough with changing prices and changing your marketing strategy and adjusting, um, you're, you're, you're not going to win. And uh, there's the market has become so competitive. Um, and it wasn't always like that, right? Uh, in, in, in the, in, in the leads, performance marketing space, there's a lot of sectors that I would say ultra competitive. Uh, I feel like automotive was probably middle of the road uh, before, but these days it's it's become, it's moving towards the, the higher end of the competitive nature. Um, and you really have to be on your game to, to succeed. And those who aren't just go out of business. Yeah, that's, that's certainly it. We've seen that same um, uh, the, those same sentiments uh, echoed in, of course, the mortgage industry, who's uh, undergone a tremendous shift as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and as well, in, in addition to the insurance industry, where uh, uh, certain products uh, are really needing a lift uh, from their lead generation programs uh, as market conditions change uh, within those verticals. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Chris, and you mentioned channel partnerships and how those can play a critical role in terms of how performance marketers can turbocharge their lead generation efforts. Uh, so 
I know this is something that you've had a lot of experience with in Alex as well. Uh, what is the most important takeaway or considerations that you might have for our LeedsCon audience when it comes to assessing the value of a channel partner? Well, certainly you wanna have them uh, on a platform that are measured equally side by side and have that data um, as current and live as possible. Um, in the retail auto space, that can be broken down into two distinct categories, the lead and then the close. Um, you know, a lead is not a lead is not a lead. It's, uh, uh, and you know, how, what's the closing percentage on one category versus another? So if you were going to turbocharge, um, you know, a third party, you might look at um, a provider that maybe they're, they're your number two or number three volume provider. And they're very eager and more than willing to take another thousand or 50% more and give you 50% more leads. In fact, they'll give you a bonus. Uh, and yet the closing ratio really isn't, isn't there. So you've got to be careful to look at the quality of the lead from, from the sales perspective on up and not just pull the lever, you know, give me, give me more, more leads. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and once, but once, and once you have them lined up, you know, ultimately, I think the, the most important thing to do is to have an evaluation on those two metrics and always put the most pressure, not so much on your best provider, but your worst provider. Let them know that they're underperforming. Let them know why. Let them know that you're really looking at it. Because he or she will probably want to tell the advertiser or the agency how wonderful they are in their own way. Yeah. They need to be told you know, how effective or not they are against their peers and give them the chance to write, you know, themselves and give them a chance to get 20% more effective, 50% more effective, you know, be like the other guy or girl that's, that's really your favorite right now. You know, we, and a lot of these providers will kind of come and go in those positions. So if you do have a, of a, of a suite of, of third-party channels, yeah, you should be treating them all, you know, with care, whether they're providing well or not, because at some point the, the person on top um, might wind up being the person at the bottom. And you know, you let them, you just give notice, you let them know that you're there to help and to fix, you know, right the ship. Maybe it's just cutting the bill in half. Yeah. And suddenly they're they're, you know, they're right in line, cost per acquisition lead, cost per close with the competitors. And if they say, I can't cut my price in half. You know, they might think you're bluffing. No problem. How, what's how many days notice do you need? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me get my boss on the phone. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. if they can't if they can't up their performance, uh, then yeah, you you do have to look at uh, look at yeah. the price. Yeah. Yep. That, that's that's a simple equation here. Yeah. Yep. And it's really a cost per per performance too. It's a, yes. some are only capable of doing so much. You know, we we even when we with Alex, we've kind of taken back ownership, and I'll. I'll kind of coach the client that maybe you don't need some of these providers and you could take that money. You know, you mentioned used cars before. In the auto retail space, the dealership has a mindset that they can't afford to compete against cars.com or, or auto trader because they're national. They have all these leads. They're paying them for leads. And when we look into the analytics and we look at how much it costs to have over 60 or 70% impression share, and I'll let Alex get more technical on that, but to own, you know, two thirds of the people searching for your product and then you getting that lead with your, you know, your click, um, it starts to change the, the, 
the owner of the business dynamic that, well, maybe, maybe I can have more control myself and own yeah. my lean for, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, on the, on, uh, along, uh, uh, just changing, changing gears a little bit. Um, what do you think the larger cross vertical is, you know, LeedsCon is a, is a cross vertical event. Uh, so we have, uh, folks from mortgages, insurance, uh, the education, um, home services sector, in addition, of course, to the automotive industry, uh, coming to attend this event. You're, uh, uh, you and uh, Chris are, are uh, have, have quite a bit of experience in automotive, in addition to other verticals. So, what do you think uh, the larger uh, LeedsCon audience might learn specifically from the automotive uh, perspective? In other words, uh, what are dealerships and automotive marketers doing particularly well right now? If it's not necessarily lead gen, as he said before, that's a relatively new uh, area for them, but. Yeah, good question. And I like I like the automotive changing gears uh, reference, whether intentional or not. That was that was good. Um, yeah. So so I, I the, for, for, so Chris is purely auto. I I live in all of these different uh, industries verticals. So it's it's kind of interesting for me to compare and contrast. So I'll tell you on the on the performance marketing side, let's say. So not not all industries, but let's look at the performance marketing. So your insurance companies, your financial ones. Um, those are interestingly have been very lead focused. Uh, so what I mean by that is there's, there's companies that purely exist where they will capture the lead and then resell it to other companies. Right. And I, I'm sure a lot of people are tending live in that world. Right. Which in automotive still doesn't really happen. So let, let's take a step back. I, I literally, we have clients who are in health, uh, in, 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 in mortgage rates, uh, in mortgage services, um, that run, uh, TV commercials get people calling in with the lead and then they resell the lead, right? Which is that that's, that's, that's typical. That's what happens. Um, automotive really doesn't have that, that component to it. Although it, it kind of almost makes sense uh, for it to, to, to have it to some extent. Um, so to, it, it, several those, yeah. yeah, yeah. But these days, like very, very rare to automotive. So uh, what winds up happening is all these other industries, uh, uh, mortgages, uh, I don't know, uh, health um, uh, become very focused on just the lead. So they take the lead and then sell the lead and that's, they're, they're very focused. Um, automotive is kind of uh, on the other end of the spectrum where instead of lead focused, it's customer focused. And uh, as marketers, uh, we're a lot more focused on the consumer journey. So as opposed to here's my final lead. Yes, I uh, like at the last step, this guy's ready to buy. I'm, I'm going to buy this guy who's ready to purchase. Uh, we're very focused on the consumer journey, right? We want to hit them with certain messaging six months before they're ready to buy a car, right? When they're researching cars, they get certain messaging, right? When they actually come to your dealership website and looked at a car, we want to actually follow up and remarket to them and show them that car that they looked at and send them email marketing to match that and um, send different campaigns to to point out how uh, how uh, reputable your dealership is and other reviews people have left your dealership. So it's all about <coughs> nurturing the customer journey, right? The consumer journey throughout. And it, it could be a six month period uh, where, where the, the, the other industries that we just talked about are much more focused on the last step. And uh, I think it's, it's very important to, to nurture that whole customer journey because 
Um, a consumer doesn't just wake up one day and decide today I'm going to buy a car or today and some do, but right. But in most mm-hmm. cases, or they wake up today, I need a mortgage. Well, you don't need a mortgage. The second you were actually looking for houses for the last six months, you finally found your house and now you need a mortgage, right? You, yeah. you have the, the ability to influence that consumer for that six months instead of buying him from a, from a vendor who, who sells that lead at the last possible second. So um, I think the takeaway is that in all of these industries, the, the companies involved in the industries uh, have the ability to take control of their, of their marketing, of the data, of the consumer. Um, and instead of being forced to buy the lead at the last second, they actually could market themselves through the entire consumer journey and nurture the lead. And really, uh, I, I think the moral, and it'll continue to be in the next couple of years, is to really to take control of your data, take control of your uh, marketing of your consumer, right? Uh, with with, uh, with uh, it being much h- harder and harder to buy personal personal data, right? P1 data becomes so much more important. Um, I think that's the bigger difference between between the industries. And I think it'll, it'll, there will start being overlap. I think a lot of these industries will get more into nurturing the, the consumer. And by the way, the big companies do, right? Like the big mortgage companies have marketing campaigns that, that, that follow the consumer journey, but a lot of the smaller guys don't. They, they just don't think they could get away with it. So they just buy the leads. Yeah. Um, and in a motive, it's the opposite. They don't very rarely are you buying an actual like you're not buying a person that's ready to, to that, that you pass on the phone call there they're gonna buy from you right now uh but there's opportunity there as well so i think that the two the two industries will start overlapping a little more um and i think there's learnings to take uh from each one to the other yeah i think a translation if i know you need on the top but is that there's a there's a complicated trail there on the one hand and that the the, the advertiser marketer can get um a little overwhelmed Mm-hmm. in terms of well how do i follow that personality you just mentioned versus the other type and how, how am i how am i going to keep track of all these balls in the air i need i need leads all right call the lead provider give me 100 more leads yeah and they feel that they've you know accomplished you know at the end of the day tomorrow there'll be 100 more leads you know for, for the sales process to begin with and the the when you when, when you reference you know create you know or own your own lead too it has to do with a lot of the one-to-one communication. Once yeah. someone starts, you know, presumably on a website or, or somewhere, unless it's really a, you know, I want this right now, fill it, you know, fill out the form or just or order it, right? Um, and ordering and direct ordering the automotive is becoming, you know, very popular. And, and, you know, back to that Amazon or Tesla kind of kind of thing. Tesla, if you think about it, they don't market, they make themselves very clear about what they have, what they're about. And when you're ready, you order the car. Yeah. You want one model or the other, it's very it's very simple. So um, it, with all that confusion that can get with having to keep the different balls in the air, I think the takeaway um, that the automotive industry is maybe going towards is keep it simple. Because people need a simple answer. Like car buying is already something that there's a lot of friction and a lot of distaste and distrust on just make it simple make your message and and mortgages might be different but whatever it is that you're doing if you're the best ambassador of your product by being as open and honest about you know the solution of you having that product it's usually going to be a very simple simple process Um, if it has to do with a lot of people coming in like on a car dealer level looking at different things then you should at least have some one-to-one communication that 
speaks to that person versus this person intimately. The lead's yet to be generated. They're visiting you now, yeah. which to me kind of counts as a lead. It's just a soft lead. Yeah. I think, yeah, that, that's going to be, it's it's really interesting, especially with the increased emphasis on uh, first party party data and the, uh, the overall importance of uh, really identifying that customer journey and meeting them the way they want to be met. I think um, I think a lot of you're going to have a lot of interesting converse, uh, conversations at LeedsCon in Vegas uh, with people seeking out that particular perspective. Uh, cool. So with that said, uh, looking ahead to Las Vegas, uh, you're going to be covering how to leverage the latest and greatest in pay-per-click ads to take control of your leads and generate scalable results. Uh, specifically, you're going to be talking through uh, a few case studies of how you successfully scaled car dealerships uh, with pay-per-click marketing. Uh, so with that said, what would you say is the most underrated or perhaps overlooked success factor uh, when setting up a PPC uh, marketing campaign from lead gen? I, I, I could start with that. Um, I, I think an, uh, so automotive specifically, right? And, and I think it'll, it'll probably extend to other industries. Um, and automotive specifically, uh, PPC, um, PPC is very often not done correctly, <laughs> which might come as a surprise. But in automotive specifically, um, we see very often uh, conversions are not tracked at all. Conversions are not set up correctly. Uh, machine learning is not set up. Even even today, I won't I won't name, name any names. But we were reviewing uh, uh, an account that we do consulting on, and they they they're just manually bidding on things. Right um, in today's world. Uh, it's become so competitive. There's no more room for error. You can't get away with doing like manual bidding and like gut adjustments. Like I, I feel like I sell better on the weekend. I'm going to do a weekend adjustment of 10%, right? You, you can't get away with that. You need to be using machine learning. You need to be using auction time bidding and auction time bidding is by the way, you search something in Google, you press search between the time you press search and the results show up. Uh, you can actually adjust your bidding or Google can on your behalf based on your data. So Google knows that this time of day converts better, they'll bid higher, right? So that's the kind of things that need to be happening. Um, and we find it very rarely to be happening in auto. Other industries probably a little bit more common, but there's still a lot of similar issues where it's, it's uh, people are not taking advantage of the latest and greatest. Uh, there's a lot of uh, set it and forget it mentality. They, they think that Google now has machine learning. I could just set it up and like let it run, right? Um, a lot of uh, a lot of companies, agencies uh, don't give transparency, right? Uh, transparency is still um, not always there. In automotive, it's 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 not there eighty percent of the time. Other industries, it's less, but still, I see it in every single industry. Um, if you have someone else doing your Google Ads or whatever it is. Uh, please, please, please ask at the very least have access to it to see what's happening, right? You, you at least want to have visibility. Um, you want to at the very least understand the basics to be able to have to be able to have conversations with the agency, whoever runs it, right? You, you, you don't need to be the expert in it, but you want to at the very least have uh, have uh, be able to have these conversations. So that's that's what our session will be covering at the event. Uh, I think at the at the end, uh, everyone will walk away at least being able to know what's possible in, in the, in the pay-per-click world, uh, mostly Google ads, but we'll touch upon a couple of different things. And at, at the very least be, be able to come back home and have uh, go back to work and have uh, uh, 
um, educated conversations with, with people who are running their marketing and say, oh, why are we doing it this way? Or why are we not doing this way? Or why are we not doing this? And it doesn't have to be, oh, come home and fire whoever's doing it, right? Uh, the, the idea of this session is not to fire everyone, hire us, right? The idea is of all, all the sessions we do are always educational. We want everyone to learn what's, what's possible out there. And then it's on them um, how they want to use that to their advantage. I think it is. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It is about, uh, you know, show like LeedsCon. It is about really kind of just that uh, uh, sharing that kind of thought provoking insight. Uh, so when they get back to their desk uh, or their uh, their dealership, they can make these uh, they can make these assessments uh, with with and having more context and more knowledge uh, about what metrics are really uh, going to drive uh, conversion and success. Um, I hate to cut this short. There's so many questions uh, and areas and different corners that we could go into right now. I just even personally just have a, a ton of interest in this uh, in this industry. I think uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to your session. Uh, thank you once more uh, for joining us, Chris and Alex. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian. And I want to um, uh, uh, just quickly, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to hearing from you, uh, both of you guys at LeedsCon in March. And again, tickets are on sale right now. Uh, do not wait to register as we do have, we've had actually a record number of early registrations coming in. So uh, it's shaping up to be, uh, again, the largest uh, LeedsCon yet. Uh, so we're really excited about our 2023 program. Until the next episode of the LeedsCon podcast, I'm Ian McRae. Enjoy your days. Thanks, Ian. Take care. Bye, guys. Thank you.